What is going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams, and I am joined by my two usual co-hosts today. On my left, we've got Arrowhead Tom. Tom, how are we doing today, sir? I'm doing well, and I just want to share that I really had a strong desire as you were, like, I knew you were about to intro, just to start screaming. And, like, you ever ever have those, like, intrusive thoughts? I just thought, I wonder what Garrett would do if I just started screaming over his intro. I didn't. That would have been a good time. That would have been a very good time. But I wanted to share that I thought about it. And maybe if enough people comment and say that they want that to happen, I will do it. As a surprise, I'll tell you, you gotta handle some adversity sometimes in situations like that. Sometimes you do, but yeah, just uh, just food food for thought for anybody who may in the future want to see that. Leave some comments, put it in the review. Maybe we'll make it happen. Hell yeah, hell yeah! Also, join us on the bottom of the screen, Mr. Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are we doing today, good sir? Uh, Today's trash, and this week's been pretty crap. So. Um, not a good day for Chiefs Kingdom, not a good day for content coverage and across the NFL and in the, and in, in Chiefs Kingdom for sure. Um, I, I have a lot of things to say. I won't say them here. It's not worth the time, but yeah, it's, it's not a good day and it's been not a good week. So ready to talk Chiefs football and maybe hopefully have at least a little bit better of a day. Cause right now I'm pissed off and I'm not happy and big day yeah. has been, it has been a loaded day, especially like I said, Chiefs content creation, very sad. Uh, that being said, we are all gathered here today to uh, talk about the Chiefs' first preseason game of the 2023 NFL season. Of course, you know, have anybody to get hurt? Every single thing. Anybody get hurt? Well, Jody? No, no. Anybody, any major contributors get hurt during the game? I don't think so. I think everybody's pretty okay. Sure. Yeah. Good preseason game. Okay, yep. so we can't. We're not not the bottom thirty-two defense. Not we're not the worst ranked defense. Patrick Mahomes is washed up. Figgity flying fuck. Hard, Pardon my language hard. about the bottom thirty-two defense in the preseason. I could care yeah. less. The guy yeah, they built okay. the defense around isn't even there yet. So no, I just well, and they're not. If, time. if you watched, which I didn't get to see the um, so full disclosure, you know, I didn't. Uh, in Kansas City, we had a storm blow through, and I did not get to see the whole okay. game. Um, and mess with the channel reception and all that stuff, but uh, that was those were the most vanilla. Steve Spagnola was not in his bag. He was chilling. The offense yeah. could have yeah. literally drawn that up on a napkin in a bar the night before and been good to go with the it play. Probably would have worked. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It was. Uh, hey, do you know how to beat cover two? Yeah. Okay, you can. You could do this. Yeah, let's try it. We're just gonna, cover two. Cover two. There wasn't a single blitz, at least not in the first half. Like just a little bit, um, but yeah. Spag blitz yeah. in the second half, but he's testing guys. He's blitzing. Sack off a blitz, but that's yeah. about it. He's testing blitz packages. He's testing guys. He's seeing what guys yeah. have on the second, third, and fourth string. But on the first two strings, he really didn't give a shit. No. Nobody, they didn't even try. No. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, yeah. Nothing. There's, there's no nothing game plan for preseason game. game one. They're not putting unless they're putting stuff on tape for Detroit to look at. They don't care. And they're yeah, definitely spoiler, also, they're, yeah. not, they're not doing that because definitely, kind of, definitely it's definitely just like kind of a, a glorified training camp practice if you will i mean it's so the they teams, can hit somebody besides their teammates that's yeah, what that's this is thing. for we've seen a lot around the nfl too like a lot of teams recently and past past couple years who have been doing like joint practices with teams mm-hmm. and so the chiefs haven't been doing that but this is kind of like their joint that's, practice that's doing for that, they, they have an organized controlled game like it's not chaos they have real officials that people reps. actually get fined if they do stupid Yeah, and you actually get on. live reps of people yeah, crazy. without having to have joint practices, which are always just end up Which leads to a brawl after brawl after yeah. brawl after exactly. brawl, so which is a good way, I think, that the watch Chiefs, training camp fight videos. It's a good way that the Chiefs kind of approach the thing, you know, not having the joint practice. Obviously, that's been a thing for a while with Andy Reid, but... You won't see yeah. him in Kansas City while he's here. Yeah. You won't. No, but this is yeah, a good, it's this just, a good substitute to really see It's just negative press waiting to happen. Yeah, it's all fights. It's, it's, There's go scroll. Cam Akers and Max Crosby got in a fist fight today, and I got Cam Akers on my timeline telling me how he beat up Max Crosby while I got photos of five dudes around Max Crosby with one Max Crosby. Yeah, yeah. The Ravens and whoever. The Cowboys are fighting each other. Aaron Donald almost killed you out with his helmet. Yeah, the Cowboys are fighting each other. Michael Parsons punched his backup, one of his linemen, three times in the head. That being said, the Chiefs' first preseason game. 
went about as good as you can have it for it not meaning anything, you know? They we, did fine. Uh, we got down early 17, like 14, 17, nothing, and then uh, made the classic classic comeback all the way to the end. And then, <laughs> and then yeah, whatever had that some, was. Had some classic uh, Chiefs early, mid-2000s moment at the end there. And then, yep. you know. You walk off the field with uh, with some happiness and some. I'm really surprised. You know, I I don't. Has anybody confirmed that uh, Chris Olokundu, whatever his name is, did he get to come back? Is he still in New Orleans? I'm not sure. They didn't. Has it? Did was checked tough. to see that with training camp? That was tough. That picture. That was tough. That was tough for Banks to doing that, this. Uh, I mean, that'll be. Oh, they hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, except Drew Tranquil was laughing hysterically on the sideline portion of that, that program? Was, that, was me. that would be my, yeah. that was my reaction to it all. Good. I, look, y'all, the preseason is the preseason, especially the first game. We've already, like, they, they don't do anything, and they don't run a full game plan, and Patrick plays two minutes, and yay. One drive, yeah. Like, it, it is what it is. We're not going to learn – too yeah, despite, much from these games. What the, Ravens, what the Ravens tell you, the wins don't matter at all. Not uh, at all. You know what the Ravens I mean, won last year with all their preseason victories? Nothing. I mean, yeah, and the year before that, four. nothing. And the year before that, nothing. It's a good time. But, yeah, obviously, like, in a real game, we would have just ran the ball out there. But you get, you know, Chris, the young guy, a one more two-minute drive to see how he reacts. And it really is a freak play by the D lineman. That was pretty – He threw an interception strong. on a screen pass. Can't happen. That's tough. Bye. I mean, that is yeah. tough. That guy had a long arm, though. What do you want him to do? I mean, you that's a very big cannot arm. happen. Very big, very big guy. Yeah. That yeah, is some situation. Matt Castle, Tyler's yeah. big pin, Brody yeah. Croyle bullshit. Brody Croyle. That we whoa, cannot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. No, no. We do not disrespect Tyler Thigpen on this plot. Sorry, I used the wrong Tyler. I meant Palco. Palco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. But, like, I hope What's he enjoys months? coaching whatever high school team he's coaching next. Next year, yeah. this year, oh, in he's, football, in the football. he's not. Yeah. He, look, man, he, maybe a practice squad. Maybe he's not playing in the league. No, he's not passing Shane Michelle. He's not passing Blaine Gabbert. So he's not playing on this team. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably not playing yeah. on most other teams too. But hey, you know, good camp. I hope he got his reps. But if you're gonna put reps on tape, that cannot be one of them. If you want a job in this league, <laughs> just yeah, can't. You can't look, do it. It's a guys. There was a I lot of guys that kid, didn't but you have, can't do that. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that didn't have as poor of no. uh, of showings no. this uh, this game. A couple guys got off to a really good early start. The receivers that was obviously the biggest thing that a lot of people wanted to look at is the receivers. Um, you know, Sky Moore got some run. Richie James got some good catches. Had some good moments in there. Obviously, Justin Ross, the uh, the the child of the Chiefs preseason this year, he. Had like two catches, incredible Hall of Fame. Give him his jacket right now, obviously. Yep. You can go ahead. It was, and a, it was a solid little look for the receivers. So who, who do we kind of? Yeah, who kind of stuck out to you guys in the in the receiver category? You think? I, you know, I tweeted it out. I think for me, the biggest thing was like just knowing that this is a kid that was looking at his football career possibly being over, likely being over. Um, you know, went undrafted um, after being a guy who was thought to be, you know. For all intents and purposes, we're supposed to be the next big thing. Um, just, just the the work he's done to come back from everything he's faced. Um, hats off to him. So, um, I don't yeah. know if any of them. I mean, I think Richie James showed that he's probably going to be a guy who he showed um, some juice. Yeah, he he's got, got some juice there. Juice. And I think he's a guy who's probably going to be pretty big down the stretch and, you know, if there's injuries or, or just a guy that they, they kind of have specific plays for specific roles, like just like, you know, running back by committee, they're going to, it almost feels like they're going to do receiver by committee. And um, yeah, they, they really do have a lot of different flavors. And I think Andy Reed is going to use that, um, you know, to his advantage. So um, I also, I liked what I saw to Rasheed Rice. I think, mm-hmm. um, Gosh, like I said, there's just a lot of reasons for to be excited for a couple of these young guys. So, um, yeah, I, I did I did like Rasheed Rice, you know, um, but I think for me the big the best moment of the day was was Justin Ross getting that touchdown just because of what it meant I think to him as a as a person. That was a cool moment. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was an excellent moment, and and you could tell how much it meant to him on his face when it happened. So. That was really cool. 
Um, I think the guy for me that kind of showed the most was Rasheed Rice, mostly because he started off with a focus drop that we've seen from receivers in this offense a thousand times. And mm-hmm. the last ones that have had those issues, once they have one of those, drop two or three or four more right afterwards. He didn't do that. So that's an improvement. That's a good thing to see from him is his ability to go, hey, uh, really should watch the ball all the way into my hands and not forget to catch it. I should probably do that and was able to correct that statement and move forward. I have to say this to our fan base. If y'all don't get the hell over Justin Watson being on this roster, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I can't take it anymore. He's on the roster. He's not going anywhere. He's going to play a lot of snaps for this offense, and they're going to use him a ton. You can scream and clamor and clamor and all this for all the other rookie wide receivers that aren't going to see two snaps in this offense. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. He's on this roster. Nico's going to have an unfortunate hamstring injury in about three days that's going to sideline him for the rest of the season. Already did. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's done. He has a shoulder problem. Yeah, Injury over. Nico yep. Remigio, come on down. You are Welcome to long-term IR, Jody Fortson Jr. Great job, man. Matt Happy Bushman, insert about 18 Justin other Ross. guys that they've done this to. Yeah, Justin Ross, Ross. Pringle, Jody Fortson. Cornell Powell. Cornell Powell hasn't yeah. made a team yet. Um, no, that, that they, I, they put him down and kept him off, and I think one of the ways they did one of the times was by putting him down as injured. I think it's rookie so year. He was an injury, wasn't he? Didn't he get injury designated his rookie think, year? I think he just yes, got cut. Several I years he did. I think he so might just got cut. But I don't know if it was all the yeah. Yeah, regardless, so, this is the classic. They do this all the time. Mystery IR stash guy, and hey, I mean Nico Armijo, which is the proper pronate. He's looked great. Nico, he ain't Armijo. making this roster. Yeah, I there's but, too many bodies, but, and they have too many things year. they need. Maybe next year, though. Well, listen, I guess let me rephrase it. Back this year. Let me rephrase it. He's probably not making this roster unless they have something like Kadarius and another receiver end up to where they have to put them elsewhere for six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it is with medical stuff. Then he might, mm-hmm. but that depends on this. Cause didn't he say dislocated shoulder in the press conference? Yeah, but didn't Jody Forson just have surgery on a dislocated shoulder. No, I think Forson's yes, a little he did. bit more severe, but I think that. Uh, Rico's also looking at, at surgery is what I, I think I read that today. That would be bad but, for him, unfortunately. Yeah, that would be unfortunate, yeah. but, but like, he's, he's, rookie. he's not making this roster right now. They've know, got yeah, like nine wide receivers. We haven't even talked about two of them. Yeah. I mean, it just benefits him. It really benefits him because he gets to stay in the Raise your hand if you knew Amir Smith-Marset was still in camp. Oh, I did. He's bro's returner. Bro's return guy. Has anybody talked about Amir Smith-Marset other than to mention that I think nope. he got banged up a little bit the other day? I've seen him in some pictures. He's been he's been standing next to <laughs> not guys. even been mentioned. Yeah, like there are so the many wide receivers right, in yeah. this locker room right now that they don't know what to do with them all. They have too many. Well, they have the they have the top three figured out. MBS, Sky, Justin Watson until Tony is back, and I know y'all don't want to hear it, but that's the three. Justin Watson. They showed Four. you with the snap count in the preseason. He got six snaps, and all of them were with the first team. Boom. Makes it not Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> I was just saying, I think that there's something to be said about regardless of the skill set that Justin Watson has. Like you look at the entire the construction of the lo- locker room right now, the, the top guys, the guys that people want on the team, right? Justin Ross, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, uh, Rasheed Rice, those are the guys that we get excited about. Those are all young players, right? Those are all inexperienced players. And I and I want to take us back to the AFC championship game when everybody was hurt and everybody was falling apart. You know, it was MVS. It was that veteran guy. Who, and there's value in that, right? I'm not saying Justin Watson's the best receiver in the world, and he may not even be the most talented receiver, like, in that room. Definitely isn't in terms of just pure talent. No, 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 but no, no. his veteran, his knowledge, his reliability, that's going to factor into that decision. And – the fact that you want to have somebody there who could teach these guys, you know, again, Justin Watson has cut his teeth in this league. And I'm not saying this to be like, oh, I'm the biggest Justin Watson fan. I'm not. I don't get the jersey. I, sure. Get in the jersey. But it's not Madden, right? And it's not, it's, there's real life components here that you have to consider. And if everything falls apart, you want somebody who knows what they're doing. 
I mean, who else are you gonna have blocker on screens? You need you need a blocker on screens, you know. And also, as like a fourth or fifth guy, you could do a lot worse than Justin Watson, for the record. You can't. Tom Brady had no problem throwing footballs to him. Yeah, special teams value. You know, that's always big plus. He's not even gonna play that much special teams, to be honest. Maybe. Yeah. He's not. That's why the young guys are there. I get it, but you're gonna end up like so you stash a couple guys and you you figure it out. But I'm not, you know, in the in the immediate term, I'm not panicking um about justin being on this roster over you know um who are you worried about him making the roster over because if it's nico remigio, remigio i'm sorry remigio. but like no is it it's no. just rico where's you call him rico right no his name's nico nico i thought it was rico never mind no, it's nico <laughs> remigio yeah that he it out nico remigio it's puerto rican it's not okay. Italian, so you had to say it with the H sound instead of the G. Listen, anyway, I dated a Puerto Rican. I'm Italian. I'll say it Italian. He'll be fine. So. He's Puerto Rican, though. That's what I'm saying. That's anyway. fine. I'm Italian, so I'm going to pronounce it like an Italian, so it'll be okay. Anyways, uh, um, yeah, the Chiefs have a good problem here with, with their receivers. It, and honestly, it is what it is. Like, also, with Jody Fortson going on IR, they have a potential to even carry seven. So that's, Are they going to carry – well, they have a potential to carry eight now. I don't know if they're carrying eight, but at seven, seven is a possibility. I agree, but they had yeah. seven possibility even with four tight ends because they got That's rid of the four. saying four tight ends. Now, now yeah. you have three tight ends that you're sure of, and what ten receivers that you're trying to pick between? Yeah, probably like eight. Eight, nine, here's my eight. other question, and here's somebody else that hasn't been talked about at all this camp that's played really well that no one's paid attention to that I've heard very little from as far as, like, on the media, but of people that are actually watching practice. Matt Bushman. Bushman, yeah. Guess uh, where he went to school? BYU. Mm. 10-point bump in Andy Reid's world. I would not be surprised if they kept Matt Bushman as the guy to be that uh, H-back, fullback, kind of hybrid player. Mm-hmm. Um, now with Jody gone, they have room for it. I thought that was supposed yeah. to be Noah Gray. Um, Noah's no. very different. I think he's not as so big. Really, he's, he's not a good fullback. He played a lot of Bushman H-back. And, Bell. and yeah. I think Bell, without the effectiveness Bell might of not the, make the 53-man roster. Bell might yeah. not make it. He might be a. Uh, like Y'all is funny as hell. That's hilarious. Holy crap! That's a Twitter take. He'll be on this roster, and I'll put money on it right now if you want. He might be on the roster. Oh, I'll put money on it right now. He'll be on the fifty-three, and he'll be there ninety-eight percent of the season. I think he might be on the mm-hmm. roster week one. I'm saying cut down day. He might be like uh, mm-hmm. like we talked about last episode, where it's we'll like see. they don't have to really do that anymore. Get back. Once they don't really need to do that. IR. They've lost. Oh, he was suspended. So he doesn't count for the 53. That's fair. Jody's gone. He's on IR. That is true. That is true. Uh Tony, you can move there after. Yeah. What what are, who are you who are you cutting him for at this point? Because That's they don't saying. have anybody to cut for him anymore. Are you Pretty are you gonna try and keep an extra line then? Kadarius Tony, I think, is the only thing. And then you call but him. But they back. already have that. They have that room already if they want it. I mean, yeah, but then you can keep like an extra defensive back or something, or you can keep uh Cornell Powell. Boom. No. Why? Why would no. why why would just you keep a guy ideas. who literally no one is going to sign? Cornell just throwing out ideas, you know. I'm Over Blake that. Bell, who has been sought after by other teams, including Dallas. He was with the Cowboys. He played with the Cowboys for Christ's sake. I don't yeah. think he was gonna go. Well, I guess yeah, he did go back, huh? I mean, so, you know, we saw the Belldozer sneak not work in the preseason. That that mystique might be over. They went the injured. wrong way. And Andy is the first person that said that after the he was like, Yeah, we should have called that to go the other way when we saw them lined up over the other side of the ball. It was a weird, weird play. Also, do you know who was the defensive tackle that read that play and ate it? Some, I think I might some not guy Kalen. Kalen Sanders. That'll make him happy. Yeah. <laughs> also, Sir Bink. Colin Saunders, yeah. old friend alert. In yeah, that literally blew that play up. Sick highlight of Jordan Foot mocking him and then dancing on his grave basically. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh but, Jordan. Yeah. It's uh it's gonna be an interesting cut down day, I think for sure. Um I don't think it's gonna be moving as on from the receivers, I think, because it's pretty 
we've seen it as much as we can see kind of from them. And now it's you don't have to worry about four running backs yeah. now. You're yeah. gonna get Daneric on there as a fifth. You're gonna try and slide him through the cracks. Fifth running back. You're gonna need five, right? You gotta have to have five to be able to keep five. all these running backs in there. Five running backs. Wow, what? that'd be crazy. Or four, sorry. They're gonna have to keep all four. They've got four. Four, four straight. Yeah. Unless you want to well, are not getting rid of Clyde. They featured him on every That's single fine. one snap they could. See, I don't know. That kind of seemed like a uh sure. layer trade package uh audition tape. Go ahead, tell me who's offering and what. I don't know. Thank I haven't you. thought I haven't thought about it to this the exact Colts moment. won't even pay Jonathan Taylor. The Jets just signed Dalvin Cook and the Patriots just signed Ezekiel Elliott. Franchise like the Bears or something, you know, or like the the Pelicans. Ooh. They're not NBA we'll see. Not NFL team. But I'll be surprised if Clyde's not on this roster to start the season. So maybe the Saints. Yeah. It's a Nope, they just went and got Jamal Williams, and Camaro only got three games for stomping a dude out, while Aminahue got six. He did only get three games. Uh, LaMichael Purine, though, another running back to consider. That's why I said five, but Tom acted like he didn't exist. So We want to keep five, that's that's the fifth guy right there. I'm not worried. I mean, not to say that he's not a solid ball player, but... No, yeah, probably practice squad guy. Despite all that, all right. What other position groups really stuck out to you guys this preseason <laughs> game? D-line is a dumpster fire without Chris Jones. That is kind of, yeah, that is a tough one, huh? I mean, obviously not having the same I mean, D-line right there and Chris Jones is tough. But even in those late hours, I mean, Danny Shelton, shout out him. He was moving. He was jumping over piles. That was one of the funniest things I've seen in a while was his yeah. swan dive, dolphin dive of 390 pounds or whatever. Didn't have him well, still have juice. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be to have that much human flying in the air at you? I don't care what Ooh, team you're on. His team, hurts, other man. team, that looks terrifying. Yeah. But was, uh, no, generally speaking, FAU was good. George looked fine. Dana looked fine. The pieces looked fine. But the problem is you don't have the piece. You don't have, you don't the, have the centerpiece. Yeah, you don't have the wrecking ball himself in that middle. And that first drive, if they don't figure out how to stop the run, they're going to have a lot of problems this year. If they're going to let quarterbacks have that much time in the pocket, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be. A and I know time. we talked about vanilla, and I know we talked about boring, but basic run defense is about as boring and vanilla as it gets, and they struggle. Yeah, because I mean, I think uh, Keandre Coburn's still kind of getting into that into that NFL groove. Obviously, the first game for him, he's kind of the replacement for Colin Saunders of what you kind of need as a. Other run-stuffing defensive tackle outside of Derek Nottie, who's, meh, you know, kind of meh anyways. So you're still here. Said, yeah, he's here. Derek, Derek didn't have his best year last year. I'm hoping yeah. he rebounds because he was a little banged up, I think, pre-entering the last year before that. was still kind of banged up last year. I'm hoping he rebounds. It's contract year for him, without a doubt. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, last year too. Um, yeah. yeah, it'll uh, – Chris is playing this year, so it doesn't really matter for this year, but yeah. you get a pretty good look at what that defense looks like next year without him. And I don't like it. Yeah, you're gonna have to you have to draft a draft a guy if if that's the case, because we don't have that talent anywhere else in the in the interior D line. I mean, you know. Tom, what did you see out of FAU? Because I was intermittently concerned slash impressed slash concerned slash impressed, and it's gonna kinda feel like it's gonna kinda be that way with him this year. Um, my, my thing froze for a minute, but I was just going to say, uh, speaking of the 2024 NFL draft has a lot of good defensive tackle prospects. That's all. Boom. That's fine. But that's also, they're also prospects and not Chris Jones in his prime. So, um, from FAU's standpoint, is he going to be this much of a roller coaster all freaking season? Yes. Cause he flashes. And then he vanishes. And then he flashes. And then he vanishes. It's like a really bad or good magician, depending on what you're looking at. He's a lot of special effects, and then he's gone. And then he's back. And then he's gone. And then he's special effects. And then he's gone. <laughs> special effects. I am certain that um, he is going to be like that. And I think that it's going to be tough early on in the season because with a Hugh and some other things like they're one injury away from him having to play a lot more than he should have to play. And um, I think it's going to be something to watch because it's, it's going to be, 
that's gonna be a tough one. Um, so we'll we'll see. But I expect him to have a similar progression to what George had last year. Um, start slow, finish strong. That's what you want to see. Um, if you fair. can have a similar year, and like I think people underrate how strong of a finish George had last year. Um, part of it makes me think that that's maybe why they were comfortable not pushing to bring back Frank as much as they, you know, as much as maybe they could have. Although I think they should have, especially, you know, again, hindsight and the suspension, um, yeah. all that. But, but just overall, I, I think that there's a lot of confidence in George. Um, and it makes sense because the dude is still 21 now. Has, yeah, he's a he, child. He's a little. He's he's so young. He is let's not only in terms of age, but also in terms of football mileage. Because the dude played is, water polo till he was like sixteen. He is twenty-two. He turned and twenty-two. Tom Holly School of Pass Rush. So I mean, come on. And the school he turned twenty-two in April. Yeah. So and I, I think that we'll see he some positive things out of him. But um, yeah, again, we're gonna need. Going to need some. Uh, so, with that in mind, and your conversations sure. about Frank. Yeah. It's the first game, though. I mean, we can't overreact yeah. too hard to all this. We've seen one game's worth of, of reps, but definitely just some things. There's some there's some hints, you know, that there oh. might be uh, some deeper seated issues unless they kind of turn around, which I think yeah. from our reports that I heard about, uh, you know, the training camp practice the next day, Joe Cole was not very happy. Um, so take that with what you will. I think the boys really heard it, and hopefully we'll be better next game, which, of course, is uh, versus somebody. I couldn't tell you who, who we're playing. My, my question is, what's the percentage on King Dunlap – or uh, on Dunlap, Carlos Dunlap being on this roster by the start of the season? The problem with Carlos Dunlap is – Or by what midseason. Number, what number does he wear? You Whatever know. number he wants. <laughs> not well, care. Thing, there's not many numbers available left. I mean, you can wear 55 or you can um, wear zero. He's a vet, and there's a bunch of babies in that entire defensive locker room. He can walk in and go, I want that one. Well, Justin Ross took eight, you know, so that's kind of the thing. I think he's going to hold on to that one. I, zero would be sick. Um, that'd be sick. Let him, I mean, let him wear, yeah. Yeah, basically the same thing as eight. Or he could wear 55, or he could wear like 30. Also, the reason that you cannot remember who they're playing in this game is because they shouldn't play a single player that they care about in this game. That is true. This should be it's in Arizona. Year. Yeah, this should be fourth. I don't, yeah, I don't think yeah, the sod father is in charge of this field like he was. Doesn't matter. Team. He wasn't right. in charge of the field week one last year when Harrison Bucker lost his ankle and Trent McDuffie got hurt for six that weeks. That did happen. That field is that trash. Did. Look that at it last week bad. when they played the Broncos. It looks nice in it person. It was trash. I saw it in person. It looks like a nice looking field. It's very good. It's garbage. Not very good, yeah. Not very good quality. Yeah. At least you don't have the side father working on it. But yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough. Dunlap definitely should be um, fourth stringers. Definitely should be uh, no Mahomes. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. just just keep them keep them far far away from that field, please. Yeah, don't even yeah. let them out there for warmups. Screw it. They don't even need to put. I legitimately, I would not put a starter out there with pads on. Sign a random backup quarterback and make him go in there. They yeah. got like, a load of coon. Knock yourself out, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you maybe, up on tape. there you go. Maybe just right. sign like Chris Strebler or something, or like sign Philip Rivers and just have him be in a Chiefs jersey so we can get pictures of that. You know, like oh, he was supposed to play us in the Super Bowl if the Niners yeah, were going to beat the yeah. Eagles. That would have been, been hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, that would have so, been a good idea, Kyle. <laughs> I mean, not a bad idea compared to Josh Johnson, but yeah, that would have been hilarious. You have two anyway. weeks to learn this offense and play the team that's beat you like a drum for the last six years. Have fun. That knows how to beat you very consistently. Um, yeah, there was done that, Tom. Done that. Done that. That's what we're talking about. Um, he's about the only veteran option out there right now that isn't a pile of crap. So, you know, we we missed out on the big free agent signing of of August uh, at the defensive end spot because of uh, you know. USFL sack leader Breland Speaks got signed by somebody. That's a big. That's a big that's, um, I mean, wait, he was leading the USFL in sacks. He was the USFL oh, yeah. sack leader last year. Yeah, which I think in like Ian Rapporter, Adam Schefter tweeted out the XFL, so like they don't even know 
what league he played. Did they even know what league he was in? Uh, Jesus. No, I think he had like six and a half sacks. Like good for good for Buddy. Yeah. So, like uh, I said, Dunlap chances percentage wise. I'm gonna feel cheap saying 50-50, but I feel like it's it's that non-zero. Um, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, what? You got a lot of faith in Malik Herring and Josh Kane, though, Tom? No, I I don't. Dogs, come on. Been waiting on Josh Kando for three years now, and I haven't seen a drop. I I didn't like Josh Kando when they picked him. They should have went with his teammate, although he hasn't done much better. Um, They at least took the toolsy guy. The other dude was a non-toolsy technique guy who didn't do squat either. So at least Kando has tools. um, It looks pretty when he moves. He's big and athletic. Small hands. And Small hands, like, massive athlete, crazy athlete. Um, I, I mean, it makes sense. He's already Does said he, he wants to do it. He's already said he'd be willing to sign with the Chiefs. He said that no, a I, month and a half ago. Yeah, I didn't see that. So, yeah, I mean, if it makes sense, he's probably you know the veteran special. He's like, all right, it's hot in St. Joe. I don't want to go before I have to. That was a big thing. So, it was hot. yeah. Um, it makes a lot of sense, but he's still, I mean, I think we saw last year, he's not a full-time guy, right? Like he's, yeah. uh, he's something to help that locker room out and those young guys out and subsidize. Maybe some of you having to rush FAU on the field. Yeah. Um, those are fair points. I'll tell you this much. I have confidence that our guys will figure it out. Maybe, maybe. Potentially. Or they won't, and it's going to be a nightmare until they can get a Menahue and get Chris Jones. You might, you might see a lot of blitzes. I don't realize that they really do need Tranquil, Legarius Sneed coming around blitzing well, every other play. Then this point. goes to my other question, and the biggest, I think, the thing to pay attention to during training camp with this defense is if they're going to have this many holes on that front end, how many times do we see them with only three linemen on the field this year? Because I have a feeling it's going to be a lot more than last year. It's possible. Um, I can see that, yeah. They've been – this was reported. This was stated. They've been running 3-3-5 more, which is interesting to me, depending on who that second set of three is. I was going to say, throw Drew Tranquil in there or Leo Chanel. Uh, They've been running Chanel with it a lot in a game. He and William have been rushing Asher a little bit, I think. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, let him rush. Pass rush. I mean, Leo. That would be fun. Yeah. That would, that would be, be a good time. But it's not, I don't think he's, I think you could do it as a, you, you're not going to do that the whole time. Like, that's right. not, it's not base that's not, that's not your base. Yeah. That is yeah. not base. Um, it makes some sense, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, I agree with what well, I agree with your thought that it, there needs to be another body. I don't know if it'll be Dunlap. It makes sense. They got nice something. Yeah, it'd be granted. They can't do they can't Chris do shit Jones until Chris does something because they don't have any cap space. Yeah. But well, just just to remember, dog, you know, know. the time of the year where a lot of rosters get turned over, and there might be a veteran guy who ends up on the streets that you know. People Signs for cookies. Don't expect to be available. So that is true. That is true. Yeah, this is uh, this is the time of the year. Deadline. So with that in mind, looking around the league at some of these other camps, <sighs> I, I mean, I watched most of the first preseason. Yeah, finding finding those is is harder and harder and harder to do because teams are getting to the point now with these older guys where it seems like. They squeeze every drop out of them, and then they're just done. Yeah, uh, it's hell. We had a kid. We had a receiver retire the third day of camp as a yeah. vet. So yeah, they were. The, he took one look around. And went, he said, mm, "No, I ain't doing this <laughs> for me." It's a hundred and what? See y'all. <laughs> yeah, I'll see, see you guys later. With the uh, with the D line room, obviously, like you know. We saw last year with the cornerbacks how they kind of relied a lot on the young guys and it eventually kind of just worked out. They kind of have that similar situation now that they're lacking in some older vets. To, Was the uh, guy screaming at me about the kid from the Jets accurate or should I not worry about that too much? Tim what Ward? Kid from, 
the one with the highest pass win rate in the league, but he only has like 12 snaps to his name from the last three seasons. I don't know. Some dude they drafted three years ago that he was uh-huh. all upset about. Like, this like is my problem with these guys. Where do you find a off the street or cut cut veteran, cut player that doesn't look like Breland Speaks? I mean, yeah, you're not going to really find any at this point, I think, unless you make a any some kind mm. of trade. But I don't mm. know. I think the Chiefs will, will learn to adapt with what they have. And uh, once you get Charles back, you know, six weeks in or whatever it is, I think it'll look a little bit improved. And, uh, yeah, I think they'll kind of just have to figure it out. And it might be rough at the start, but that's what growing pains are for. That's what, the that's what like uh, someone said, really, Steve Spagnuolo doesn't even try until, like, October, you know, like – yeah, Brett, Brett, Col- Brett Coleman said it. I said it. Several yeah. people said it. Like, you ain't you got to see a real defense from Spags till Halloween or later. I don't know why we do yeah. this every it's, year. It's, it's going to be – fan base is ready to fire him by week seven, and by week 12, they won't. They don't ever want to see him leave. Yeah, he's the savior of the defense, and we're going to the Super Bowl again. So, I mean, just long-term thing. A lot of overreactions here in ah. this, uh, in this ah. week. One Tom, it was Bryce Huff. Bryce Huff, of course. Bryce Not to Huff? be confused no. with Bryce Hall. Bryce Huff weighs like 220 pounds. Mm. I was told we should trade and go get him because he leads the league in pressure rate. Might be a dog. I'm just saying. I take it back. He's 240. Bryce Huff. What is it? 6'3, 255. Went to Memphis. Before we get out of here, before we close this out, is there any other position groups we want to talk about? This DB room's a circus. I don't know what they're going to do. They've got, no. what, 12 guys? Well, eleven with Nazi's injury, but yeah, um, they are. I remember when the Chiefs. They're all ten years old. Every single one of these DBs is nine years old, minus Justin Reed. But every single one of them belongs, for the most part, on a roster. Like even even the rookies this year that they drafted that were DBs. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. Nick Jones out there. We saw a. Give the guy's name. We got an interception. Khalif. Yeah. Yeah. They got a little bit of a. Like they they've got a log jam in that DB room where they've got they've got 12, 11, 12 guys that could be should probably be on an NFL roster. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, they've got some guys in there, and it's definitely especially with the comments that we've been hearing from uh, from Steve Spagnolo. Not the only uh, one everybody's mad at still is DiCaprio, from what I can tell. DiCaprio Brutal has been has been a glorious camp body. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be getting body in camp. Yeah, but. he has been getting bodied. It's going to be interesting to see how, like you said, the DB room shakes out and really who's like even the top of the DB room is kind of uncertain because we have, you know, Trent McDuffie as CB one. He's going to be on the outside. Keep him on the outside. Use him on the outside. You have Sneed playing in the slot, and then Dewey. Uh, huh? Dewey. Do we have Steed playing in the slot? That's a great question. Do we? He's got Juju knee, from what I understand. Right. Still... Mm, let's not let's not speculate too much on that. Let's. let's oh, wait. wait a minute. Now, I was told last year he was dealing with knee swelling all the way through the season. Now he's dealing with it through camp all the way through the camp this year and hasn't even practiced. What does that sound like, Tom? I mean, it's it sounds Dude. like. Similar situation, but we'll we'll see how it plays That's, out. Which sucks because I would have really liked to pay him, but I don't know that you can with those kind of concerns and that many guys behind him, which is gonna leave this fan base in a real weird spot next year when they gotta lose him for nothing but a comp pick. Yeah, it's just okay. interesting behind him though, because you know, you have Josh Williams and Jalen Watson who have been they had a good end to the year I, last year, but then early reports where, they're having some struggles early on in this, uh, in this, you know, kind of being ba- both battling for that second corner spot. Uh, this is where it gets nasty. Connor as well. This is where it gets nasty, flat out, it, and it's tough for this fan base. It's going to be tough for this fan base, especially this fan base, because they do this thing where we latch on to guys, especially near the bottom of the roster, and we never want to let go of them ever, 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 no matter what. But. There's going to be some decisions that get made on this roster where some guys just get told, go get paid elsewhere. Hope you enjoyed your rings and your time here. Bye. And that's going to happen. 
to some players that people really, really, really like. I mean, but aren't worth. Last year with, with but aren't worth. And yeah, that aren't worth what they're going to get from other teams. A bunch of guys like that. Yeah, I mean that's just the nature of having a a winning organization like this. There's a lot of ton- turnover at some of those spots. So in that DB room, for. my concern with Legarius is his knee and staying consistently healthy and staying on that field. Because as soon as that knee came became a thing, it's never gone away. It's not left. Once it started, it hasn't stopped. And that kind of thing scares you a little. Because knees are tricky. I've popped mine out <laughs> all on its own on something I've done 10,000 times. And it took seven months to be able to walk normally again. Just because. Like, knees suck. And if they don't get... And, and I still, randomly can walk, get up out of bed and have it give out on you or stand up out of a chair and have it give out on you just randomly. So with that kind of a thing, and if it's a consistent tendonitis, arthritis, swelling, damage in that knee, it isn't going to just go away. Yeah, so, can't speculate too much on it because we don't know the extent of what It sucks exactly that it's even a, content, a possible contentionable issue. But it's been a problem all camp, and it was a problem late last year. And I'm not confident that it just goes away at this point because it's not left yet. And usually by now, if it was a little bitty thing, a week or two, and it's gone. We're way deep at this point for it to still be a lingering issue. I don't disagree with the concern there, right? Like, I think it's it's valid. Um, I will say that obviously none of us have the inside like knowledge no. or, or the, you know, the other than what they the report, what they tell us. Yeah. Or the medical expertise to even make that judgment. So what I, what I will say that I can say confidently, cause I've seen some other discussions and I'm, I'm going to say that out loud and not verbally subtweet. So I know I've, I, <laughs> on Twitter, um, you know, Lance and I were talking about this, um, Lance from the spoken. And so I'm not, you know, this is not me. He'll be fine. Talking, yeah, not talking out of the side of my mouth here, but um, you know, Jamari Connor, who was I thought had a good first game, and and there was um, Spagnola was blitzing him a lot, which was awesome. A lot. Uh, Connor's my guy this year, and I love him, but he can only do about two thirds of what Legarius Sneed can do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Trent McDuffie can be your CB one if you. A confident, you know, the size discrepancies, but you again, you have enough, like, to be have the embarrassment of riches. It does make sense if they're not confident in his knee that they're not going to try to, you know, reset the market. But when Legereus' knee is healthy and, and available and all that, right? And I don't, I mean, there have been, I would, I would not consider him injury. I'd say it's pretty average, right? He's not, you know, he hasn't missed an exceptional amount of games, but he's missed an average amount of games, um, you know. He's got like an eight in durability in Madden, right? Not the not a not not Sammy Watkins, um, but not um, you know not, not Travis Kelsey either. Yeah. So I say all that to say, um, in terms of the skill set, Legarius Need can do anything <laughs> that you asked him to do in that secondary. And he, I think, has a, a skill set that I would put up against just about any other defensive back in the NFL um, from an athletic standpoint, from a versatility standpoint. I understand that he's not claimed that way and, and doesn't get some of the media. But I, and I've told you guys before, I, I look at a guy like Derwin James and you tell me what Derwin James can do that uh, Jerry I mean, but six foot three. Yeah, but he's six foot six one. He's not yeah. a small guy. No, but he's but, not six. That's about it, though. Like he, he's not yeah. he's yeah. not Derwin at six three. That's about the. Right. And this sucks for me to so even be worried about Legarius because I thought he was going to be Tyron's replacement when they let Justin Reed walk. Yeah, because they're going to let so, Justin Reed go eventually here. Yeah, and that's the one I would be more. Again, I I think you know Chamari Connors closer to being a Justin Reed replacement than he is a um, Legereus Sneed replacement. If there's a replacement for Legereus Sneed, you drafted him last year and McDuffie. That's, I mean, and, and it's not a one-to-one replacement because no, McDuffie because can't Legereus do is one of the best blitzers from the slot in the league, if not the best mm-hmm. slot blitzer in the league. 
Well, again, it's not a one-to-one replacement for anybody. You know, for anybody. Yeah, right. It's a rare. It, it would be rare to find somebody who can do all the things that Legarius can do. Which is why they so. drafted him when they did. Where where they where they drafted him from because of his versatility set, which they talked about from the second that they drafted him. Yeah. Like I said, I so, just don't know what they're going to do with this DB room as this season progresses and next year goes because they've got like 14, 12, 14 young kids and a, an expiring contract here or there. And they've got some guys they got questions on. Who do you yeah. pay? Who do you don't? And who do you keep? Who do you not? Sorry, going to be a lot of questions. Um, yeah. And I think that this year we're going to see who, who emerges. Um, yeah, it's going to tell a lot. With I think the biggest bummer – and I know he was running at corner, it sounded like early on in camp, but with Nazi Johnson. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was if he had developed as a safety, that would have been so great for because he he has that you know center field type of speed where you play him, you know, deep deep quarters or, or deep um deep halves and he can go yeah. sideline to sideline. He's that fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um so hopefully he rests up and they have a good feeling of what he's gonna be for them next year, but um, it, we'll see. This young secondary is going to take another step this year, and we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, we saw them all take a big step last year. You know, it's going to be a learning curve for them, and a lot of young guys are going to have to step up in these absences. So it's going to be very interesting to see, especially with these last two preseason games coming up here. Uh, obviously, we got the Cardinals coming up this. What do we do? We play Sunday? Is it another Sunday game? Yeah, I, I hope so. I play the Cardinals. I'm probably not going to pay an ounce of attention to it <laughs> other than to make sure nobody gets killed from the turf. That's yeah, going to be eight, a big thing. Yeah. It's the 19th, so 19th at 7. What day is that? That's three days from now. Saturday night. Saturday night at 7. Saturday night. Okay. Very interesting. So yeah, Saturday probably... night at 7, 7 p.m. Arrowhead time. Okay. Yeah, so probably, you know, it's whatever. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a game. I'll tell you what. It will be a, it will be an officiated NFL game, and we will see Chiefs in Chiefs uniforms playing that game. We so, will officially license. I think the most interesting thing about that game is going to be how the defense and most most importantly the defensive line responds from last week to this week and deals with that dumpster fire of a field. Because apparently the field is makes you incapable of pass rushing, no matter what game it is, according to everybody I've heard talk about Arizona. So, well, yeah, because the offensive linemen have magical grass underneath only their yeah. feet. Yeah, only good grass is under the O lineman's feet. Yeah, every step that they take is actually good turf, but the ones that the defensive ends take is bad turf. So, sorry about it. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wanted to ask you guys this before we got too deep into camp, but hell, here we are now because it's been a little while since we've recorded. Here we are. How much of a change and how much effect is changing the wide receiver coach going to have? Well, it's because, a wide receiver room, so I don't – you know, there's – Yeah. We'll, you we'll have see. MBS, Sky, Kadarius, Justin Watson that all worked previously with the last wide receivers coach. So that, was Greg Lewis. that was Greg Lewis, I believe, correct? Yeah. Yeah, he is no longer the Chiefs' wide receiver coach, if I understand correctly. Didn't he it's move a, to running back coaching? Yeah. And who's, sure. who's, who's the weird Connor Embry is the new wide receivers coach for the Chiefs this year. Okay, shout out I'll, Connor Embry. I'll let y'all try to recall where he's from. Yeah, no, I have no idea. Um, and I think we talked about when. Greg Lewis moved over. I don't know if they had announced that. I don't remember us talking about Embry. Um, at the end of the day, Matt Nagy, Andy Reid, they it all trickles down from them, right? And so, yeah, I'm really not worried about that too much. Yeah, um, and and you know we talk about Andy Reid as you know a guy who you know we talk about the players. Depends and a lot on his position coaches. Yeah, well he does, but he also does a great job of developing position coaches. How many of them I have agree. gone on to become head coaches? Like, yeah. so mm-hmm. I you know. And he trusts them. How about it? This Just guy curious because old boy was uh, the head coach at Colorado in 2011-12. Ended up at KU as an assistant at some point, I'm fairly certain. Um, did he play at KU? I don't. This dude. There you go. That's not a good thing. Yeah, he, he, was, a, he was a grad assistant at KU. He didn't play at KU, from what That's I can find. program right there. I'll tell you what. 
OC at Blue Valley West, grad assistant from 15 to 16 at KU, wide receivers coach at Fairview High School in 18. He was a defensive assistant with us in 19 and 20, offensive quality control coach in 21 and 22, and now the wide receivers coach. He's been in the building, so the guys know him at least. He probably knows at least how how things roll. He just... Good, good for him. Promotion. It's just a matter of how much of a difference is it from this guy to Greg Lewis. And uh, uh, yeah, I yeah. hope he doesn't. I hope it's not a drop off. But, you know, uh, when you're switching staffs like this, as is part of being a championship team, you, you've got to factor in how much these position coaches matter. And we just talked about Joe Cullen with the defensive line room and, and how much he made a difference last year from a year before to this year, from year before to last year and now this year. Yeah. Yeah. What difference does not having him in there make and having somebody else in there? And how much drop-off does that change over? Especially because I think the running back coach is who they actually lost, and I think he went – to Notre Dame at one point or did and then ended up somewhere. I don't know. I think it was one of them, I think one of the coaches was was going to do some coaching at another at a different university is why we lost yeah. and had so much shifting. Um, I'm not like I said I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the coach and I'm not sure um at least, and I understand like Joe Cullen's been great but on the offensive side like so much of it really does go through Oh, he was a running yeah. back at KU. Yeah. So Yeah, the offensive side definitely it's it's you know it's Andy and and Matt Nagy. That's kind of that's kind of the place pieces pieces you gotta look at there. I'm think I don't know it might affect some. Okay. And affect yeah, there's the other question. We won't, we won't know until we know. Right. There's the other question. Do you meet Nagy? Do you meet Nagy? Do we see any difference? Do we see any changes or any adjustments? Where is it all, Andy? Right. It's been one game, Kyle. That's preseason. I don't, I'm, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about right this freaking second. I asked you, I said I wanted to talk about this before we got too deep into camp, but we're too deep into camp. So, for the season, do we see anything different with Matt Nagy from Eric Bieniemy, or is it still the same Andy Reid show? That's I mean, question. that's a great question, Kyle. You're great at making these questions, I'll tell you what. I'd say my answer is TBD. TBD. We will definitely see. Y'all have no feel for what we're going to get from Nags this year. None. Um, other than he appears to throw the football better than the enemy because he was a quarterback. Darts. He says he does. He's still throwing darts. I tell you what. Darts. I. Because he was the whole reason Chicago sucks by from everybody that I've talked to and that was a that's a Bears fan and Trubisky was Chicago a trash sucks cursed franchise offensive and they drafted Mitch Trubisky but anyway yeah um, they did do that. I, it, it'll come down to – we know that Nagy has a good relationship with Mahomes. The the biggest thing with the enemy, and we, we see this you know going on in Washington now, is that he was willing to push back for better or worse. And I think – Yes. I think if Nagy can find the happy medium between the two, right, where he's not as abrasive – while also holding accountability and keeping, um, you know, because Andy is, is one. The biggest thing that Andy needs out of his coaches on the offensive side is to make sure that he doesn't fall into some of the bad tendencies that he fell into and that he's prone to, specifically giving abandoning the run too early, the clock mismanagement, all that kind of stuff. And and I think what works so well with the enemy is they had a balance. And because the enemy was so willing to speak up, they were, you know, it worked out. That said, this is not new territory for Matt Nagy. He, you know, when he got the Chicago job, um, he was uh, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. Yes, well, Andy Reid, but Andy Reid said that Matt Nagy was the best was the best assistant coach he'd ever worked with. Now, obviously, you know, since then, there's been a lot about talk about you know Bieniemy and all that stuff, but you know, Andy was singing his praises pretty heavily, even for you know Andy who always does does the job for his guys. So it's yeah, it's yeah. I'm not worried about it. I think that the accountability continued. Here's my biggest wonder. You heard Patrick talk about it when he called out the Washington players. Well, nicely Mm -hmm. called out the Washington players. 
I'm sure it wasn't nice. Oh, it was. He was very diplomatic about it. Patrick could have done what Tyreek or McCole or anybody else did and said, stop being soft, you bunch of pansies. And instead, Patrick said, the thing that I liked the most and the thing that I respected the most about Eric was that he was willing to hold you accountable even when you didn't want to hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. He was one of the guys in the building that didn't just tell Patrick yes all the time. Because mm-hmm. in that building, 99% of the people in it tell Patrick yes to basically whatever he wants. And that is the only concern I have with Nagy in that situation because we know that Nagy has a soft spot for Mahomes. That's my concern. That's been my it's not the play design, it's not the play calling, it's not the play group play putting together and, and innovation and all the cool fun stuff and all that. It's none of that. Can and will he hold him accountable when even Patrick doesn't want to hold himself accountable, which doesn't happen very often based on who the human being is as himself, but he's human. It does happen. So when it happens, because it happens to all of us, is Nagy available able to do that? Because, as Tom mentioned, their first interaction, Patrick was the backup and he was his buddy. Well, even I, before that, when I, the, I the story of, you know, like, the, Nagy. like Tom was saying, like Tom was saying, I think it'll just be different. It's not going to be that telling him the plays before he goes to see Andy for the test. Like, yeah, I think it'll just be a different type of accountability than, like you said, EB. He didn't care how you felt about him. He was just going to tell you it. Matt Nagy might just kind of be more of like a a, need more of that in society and not less. Deliver to him more gently and be kind of on his side instead of being on the opposite side. Which they need more. Just we need more direct. We need people that saw Matt Nagy worked pretty well as an offensive coordinator mm-hmm. here, obviously, when, when Alex Smith was here. So it's hey, just I loved him. It's just going to be a, a different approach to the whole thing, I think. And yeah. something that we really can't fully grasp the concept of, like, the game in and game out stuff until we get a couple games and see some situations where they're down and they're not performing too well, and then we see how they respond, and we see all the uh, the sideline interactions with them. If it's yeah. It might not be, like, the big shouting matches that they would have with EB. It might just be them sitting on the sitting on the bench, reading the iPad, you know, and just kind of doing it a little bit more of a mellow approach. I also kind of think Patrick might be at a point in his career where he doesn't necessarily need that, like, very abrasive, you know, sure. voice holding him accountable. He's kind of – he can – What about the other 40 kids yeah, that are on the offensive side of the football? Uh, yeah, see, I, I just – I don't know. I don't know if you, if you can say that because I go back to that – to the Jaguars game when he had to get his leg scanned. And is Matt Nagy going to have the – just be being honest, like, you know, I know Andy could say, Hey, you got to go, you know, you're coming out, you got to get the x-rays, but that's one of the toughest jobs as a coach is can you protect a player from himself? I mean, that is true. And And when when Eric, yeah, you got to go get the x-rays. Like, Hey, you are going, we're going to go have you get x-rayed. Like, I think Nagy did try to tell him and he tried to fight him on a little bit. When he told him, I think it was a little more, a little more solid, but yeah, it's just got to have, it's going to have how you have to develop, you know? It's going to be a, a yeah. different change. Hopefully, everyone can learn from that situation. And in the next time that situation occurs, it won't be as you know abrasive. It won't be as as much. I don't know why everybody is so worried. It's not abrasive. When no, Eric I, is I, honest I, with you I, and I, truthful yeah. to you, when you don't want to hear it, it's not abrasive. You just didn't want to hear it. I know that that's hard for people a lot of the time yeah. in society I just abrasive and, as a whole. Verb. Sometimes when somebody tells you something you don't want to hear, that doesn't mean it's abrasive. That just means you didn't want to hear it. Well, well hold on. I was not criticizing. I was saying I'm not, that and I'm not, and I'm not jumping on Garrett. But I hear all the time how yeah. Eric Beanie is too rough around the edges. He's no, too much of a hard ass. He's abrasive. too rude to people. He's stuck abrasive in his ways. Kind of more of a general sweeping term. He may be stuck in his ways. Yeah. They won. They won. They won and won and won and won and won. Why would you not be stuck in your ways? Stance. Maybe a better word would be affirmative. Affirmative. Yeah. Sure. He's extraordinarily firm. He's not going to deviate. And he's yeah. also extraordinarily blunt is what you're looking for. People don't That's like blunt. Yeah. That's the problem. People don't like blunt and people don't like too honest. That the co- the players that went running to Ron Rivera that then caused Ron <laughs> Rivera to grab Eric Bieniemy and chuck him under a bus 5 minutes into him being there. Yeah. That's what they don't like. They don't like blunt, they don't like honest. 
He's not there to do anything other than get the best out of you. And as Patrick also said in his interview, he's going to get he's going to get in you. But he also cares about you and he'll go to war with you just like one of the players will. So that's my difference and concern. And I'll be interested, not even concerned, just interested to see how it looks from going from Nagy to be enemy back to Nagy. So, yeah, I think that will be one of the big things to look forward to as we get to these next preseason games. And obviously week one versus the Lions will be here. In about a month or so, a little less than a month, because there's that big break in between the preseason and the about three weeks, September seventh, right? Yeah. Kickoff. So September eleventh, maybe. Maybe seventh. It's the seventh. They are they aren't kicking the NFL season off on that day. I can almost guarantee you that. Yeah. So with that being said, that <laughs> is they try to avoid nine eleven with any yeah. of those kind of things. That is true. Yeah. So with that being we said, that is game, stuff but... to look out for this uh this next couple preseason games. We'll watch some young guys. We'll watch the dynamic of this, uh, this changing coaching staff and uh, hopefully see some young guys step up, hopefully see some uh, units look a little more cohesive and, uh, yeah, get us geared up for that, that week one Lions game. So that being said, everyone, thank you so much for listening and watching this one. Be sure to follow us at Kingdom Says Pod on Facebook, Twitter, uh, slash X, whatever you want to call it. We're, I'm going to still call it Twitter. It's but still Twitter. I'm not, yeah. We're not doing this. Facebook, uh, X, Instagram, Friends. YouTube. YouTube, you'll follow us on there. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff. If you're not Please listening, still like the YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel because yeah. that's also is going be on to the be lookout. Where we're going to put a bunch of stuff for be you. Be on the lookout on our YouTube channel. Probably tomorrow, uh, you'll be seeing this the day that you see this. The next day, you'll probably see the uh, the inaugural episode of Kingdom Recon with our Ooh, boy Arrowhead Tom here. We got some new stuff. And, uh, yeah, we're preparing for a lot of cool content this season, and uh, we're excited for you all to join us. So. Thank you all for listening and watching once again, and we will see you guys in the next episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast.